Hi everyone, I'm Nikki. I'm one of the ordinance here at St. Paul's. And this is so exciting for me because this is the second time I get to share the word with you. There's so much to go into today, so let's jump straight into our reading. So all the elders of Israel... <clears throat> So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, You are old, and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when they said, Give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly, and let them know what the king who reigned over them will claim as his rights. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, This is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Snap. So Samuel was the last judge of Israel before an era of kings. This chapter is what I would describe as the transitioning point of that happening. Up to this point, Israel had been struggling in their walk with God, but also declining as a nation. War was happening around them. They lost many battles, including losing the Ark of the Covenant a few chapters earlier. And as we've just read and heard, the Israelites had enough. We want a king. We want a king to come and rule over us, they said. He wanted the king to come and do battle and lead them to victory. Now, right at the start of the Bible in Genesis, and building up to where we are now, there were moments that God said Israel would have a king. I'll make you into nations, and kings shall come from you in Genesis 17. And in Deuteronomy 17 as well, God gave instruction for a king. So I don't think it's surprising that the elders of Israel asked for a king. Samuel was getting old. His replacements, his sons, went up to the task, and they wanted someone who was. There was some democracy involved, like the group of leaders, uh, elders gathered together. And as well, I think it's good to have leaders. So you might be thinking, what was actually wrong here? Why was Samuel annoyed? Well, to unpack that, I want to focus on three things from our passage today. Number one, to stand out. Number two, telling or praying, and number three, king of kings. So number one, standing out. I want to start this point by asking you a question. Did anyone want to be a prince or princess? Or does anyone want to be one now? One of the greatest films, and one of my favourite films growing up, was called Princess Diaries. 
And there's a scene where Anne Hathaway, he plays a high school student, was just told that she was actually a princess and she could rule Genovia. But she freaked out and refused. She said, I've tried my life to blend in and be invisible and I'm good at it. She felt she couldn't be a princess, but more importantly, she didn't want to be a princess because she didn't want to be different. And that sounds crazy because who doesn't want to be a princess? Being royalty isn't the only way someone stands out. What if it's to stand out as a Christian in a workplace? Do you stand out then? Do you want to stand out then? You see, Israel was meant to be set apart. God had set Israel apart to be a nation like no other. God even called it his very own nation. They were meant to be different, but now they just wanted to be the same as everyone else. In verse 5 and verse 20, it says, Give us a king like all the other nations. We want to be like all the other nations with a king to lead us. And just as Israel was called to be different from other nations, as Christians, we are called to be different from the world around. God calls us to be holy, which means to be set apart. But many times we don't want to be set apart. We want to blend in, fit in, or retreat when we are in situations we feel uncomfortable in. I think what happens to most of us is the moment we realise there's a difference between ourselves and other people, we downplay our difference of being a Christian in order to fit in and conform to culture around us. I remember a time when I was working in the city and we finished a project and we were 20 other graduates and we were celebrating in a meeting room with snacks, drinks and good vibes. Then out of the blue someone mentioned something about Christianity which led other people talking against faith. My friend Sam spoke about how he has no idea why people believed in God. And others agreed and started making comments and jokes as well. It got to the point where Ali, another graduate and a friend of mine, turned round and said to me, Nikki, you're a bit quiet. So obviously I had to reply. And in that moment, all I wanted to do was blend in. I knew if I said something, I'd be going against the grain in a new job with new people. But I've been praying to God to give me an opportunity to speak to my friends. And God ultimately gave me that window to be set apart about what I believe. So all eyes on me. And I said, well, I've been a Christian for five years now and I believe in Jesus. And all that laughter before dropped. It got serious and it was tense. But what was great, but also hard, was everyone started asking me questions about how, when, why, and bigger questions on um, like drinking and sexuality. As a Christian, as part of God's people, you are called to be different from the world around you. It's hard, but take courage, be bold and step out in knowing God has called you to stand out for him. So point two, telling or praying. Now, there's a difference between asking God for help and telling him how to help. Samuel's stance was to pray to the Lord. The Israels, instead of seeking advice from God and even Samuel, the person who had been leading them so far, 
they came up with their own plan and demanded that God give them a king and that would be their solution. Think about what you do when it comes to situations that you pray about. When it comes to a job you want, maybe something smaller, but I can only really speak for myself, but when some things come up, um, despite knowing and believing all things are for God's plan and his time, I sometimes just really want the things I've prayed for to happen, and, and like now. So honestly, I resonate with the elders. Maybe you do too. As a problem solver, you see a problem, you find the solution, and it's sorted. But fortunately, prayer isn't like a vending machine where we put in our prayer coin and you get exactly what we pray for. It's a relationship with God, the Father who sees your situation and he knows the best for you and wants the best for you. Part of prayer is accepting God's will and his timing, which is tough. But waiting for God's best is much better than settling for something less. The elders, they wanted the king on their terms and solve their issue and losing battles now. They realized on their own ideas that this was gonna work. They looked for strength in a king like others did when they already had the king already with them. To praise to God truly with everything is to give over the need to control and surrender plans over to him and to say, have your way. And my third point, king of kings. Samuel took the request of their elders hard, but God's words were, it's not you they rejected, but they rejected me as their king. The whole point for Samuel was to help and draw the Israelites back on track. He spoke the warnings to Israel from God in verse 11 in hopes they'd reconsider. He will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses and they'll run in front of his chariots. And it goes on with other warnings until verse 19. But that did nothing. Give us a king like other nations. I used to work as a consultant in the city. Um, people used to pay me money to help solve problems and give advice. Now my advice is available for free. People won't even take it. It's so annoying. So I can't imagine how Samuel felt after doing what he'd been doing for so long, seeing how faithful God has been and seeing how unfaithful everybody else was. Even God said himself, since I brought them up out of Egypt, they've been rejecting me, forsaking me and serving other gods. And it's disappointing because the Israelites wanted a king whilst they already had the creator of heaven and earth, the great provider God himself with them. Israel didn't have the fullness of a relationship with God. Other nations, other people, other gods leading them astray. And this is a challenge for us too, today. Who do we look to? Do we see God for all he is? Do you have the fullness in your relationship with God? So how do we tackle this challenge of today? Well, it starts by looking at Jesus. I think there's something prophetic here about the rejection of God 
as Israel's king. When Jesus stood before Pilate when he died, the Jews said, we have no king but Caesar. Jesus was rejected as their king too. But Jesus is the king of kings, the kings that was promised. Jesus did not come to serve, but to serve. He humbled himself and was obedient to the point of death. And even at the cross, people still rejected him and didn't see him for who he was and is today. And this message really, I felt God saying to us, to you, to stand out that you are different. And that's good because I need different in my world, in workplaces, schools, families, bus stops, cafes. Jesus is saying, I want a relationship with you, a deep rooted relationship. Come, let's speak. I mean, prayer has been such a lifeline, hasn't it, throughout lockdown. But above all, he wants you to know that he loves you. That that fullness in our identity is knowing we belong to him, that we look to him for strength. And that is more than what we need to get us through our battles and our losses and our trials. I don't know what you're going through, but whatever you are facing, God is for you. That God is with you and he has not and will not leave you and will bring you through the battle that you are in. In Jesus' name, amen.